I wonder, do you ever bump into someone and it is an awkward meeting? Because no matter how much we try and keep on good terms with people, that inevitably happens. And you know what that's like. You maybe arrive somewhere and there's somebody with you and they turn to you and they say, oh, you'll not believe who's here. And you think to yourself, that is the last person I want to meet right now. Well, let me ask you this question this Easter Sunday. Who is it that the risen Lord Jesus would have most wanted to meet after He rose from the dead? And also, who is it that He would have been most likely to want to avoid? Because as much joy as there is on that first Easter morning, as much as the disciples of Jesus celebrate His resurrection, the fact that He's alive again, there was awkwardness attached to this moment. Because at the heart of this story is an awkward truth. And it is that in the moments leading up to the death of Jesus, His disciples bailed out. They completely denied Him and got away from Him as far as they could. And none more so than Simon Peter. Turn with me for a few moments again in your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 22, to that passage that Willie read for us earlier. And as we look at these verses again, my prayer today is that what we hear of Peter and Christ will give us gospel hope that some people might come to know Jesus for the first time and in doing so find that salvation that He secured at the cross, but that also those who have already put their trust in Jesus, but maybe feel that they've failed Him miserably, would find renewed hope in the gospel and that ultimately you would find a way back to Jesus. Peter's story over the period of the first Easter shows us that the gospel is important at every stage of our life and our walk with Jesus. And that's such an important thing to state and understand here this afternoon, because not many Christians think of the gospel in that way. So many people who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ talk about the gospel as something that addresses their past and deals with their future, but they're pretty vague on the bit in between what life is like right here, right now, and the way in which the gospel relates to that. So that I hear many people say, by trusting in Christ, my past sins are forgiven. And that is absolutely true if you're a believer in Jesus. And my future is secure because I know that Jesus has gone to the Father to prepare a place for me, and I will go and be there with Him forever. And again, that is absolutely true if you're a believer in Christ. But then, as they reflect on it, they say, but you know what? The gospel isn't really for here and now as I get on with living my life. And I think that it is this 
perceived gap in what the gospel achieves and does that leads to many people going cold in their faith in Christ, even walking totally away from a life of discipleship. And maybe that's true of you here today. And I want you to know that if you think in that way about the gospel, nothing could be further from the truth. The gospel is good news that we need to hear every single day because the gospel is good news for every single day of our lives. When we think about those moments when as Christians our life doesn't look like the way the gospel is meant to change lives, what then? Because what the Scripture tells us about the gospel is that it brings us out of darkness and into God's light, and that should be reflected in our lives, that our lives should look very different after we have met with and trusted in the risen Christ. But is there any gospel? Is there any good news for those moments in our life when we realize that we have not been the disciples that Jesus called us to be? Is there hope and ultimately, is there a way back to the one that we've failed? Well, look at the story of Peter and Christ that first Easter. It's a story that begins with Peter's vow to his master, as recorded by Matthew in his gospel in chapter 26, verse 35. And when Jesus is telling the disciples that this will happen, that they will bail out on him, Peter is adamant that that will not be the case with him. He says, Master, Lord, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you, not me. I remember once ordering something online, and I expected it to arrive within a matter of days. And when it didn't, I found a number and I rang the company, and the guy who I dealt with on the phone or who dealt with me, he couldn't have been nicer. He was full of reassurances and promises, and he was saying, no, no problem at all. We're going to get this sorted out. This is going to be on its way to you later today. This will arrive to you very soon. And over the next two weeks, as I spoke with that same fellow time and time again, he was just as reassuring. He was just as patient with my complaints and my concerns. But the ultimate thing is, the package never arrived. And ultimately, our actions speak much louder than our words. The thing about Peter in the Gospels, particularly in those weeks leading up to the death of Jesus, is that he says all the right things. He makes all the right promises. But ultimately, his actions speak much louder than his words. And we heard of those actions earlier on. In Luke 22, his first denial in verse 57, at the hands of a slave girl, he says, woman, I, I don't know him. Jesus, no, nothing to do with me. And then in verse 58, that second denial, in the original language, it is stronger. Someone recognizes Peter and says, no, He's definitely one of the, the Jesus lot. 
And he says, man, I'm not. And in that original language in which the gospel was written, the third denial is emphatic. Verse 60, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Peter was full of big talk. He had promised his master Jesus, even if the others let you down, not me. I'm with you to the very end, even if I have to die. And now he's denying ever knowing Jesus in the first place. So that we see the lowest point in Peter's life as a disciple. That as he was speaking, verse 60, the cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Imagine that look. Then Peter remembered the word that the Lord had spoken to him before the cock crows today. You will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. I wonder, can you identify with Peter today? Maybe these words pierce your own heart because you feel a failure as well. You know that you have let down your master Jesus, that you've denied him, that maybe there have been circumstances where you have tried to, to make it look as if you don't belong to him at all. And it brings us back to this big, big question today. Is there a way back when we fail the Lord? Is there hope? Well, let's look at just one verse in Luke 24, that chapter that records the events of the resurrection, what it is that we celebrate today. And do you ever go to share good news with someone only to have your bubble burst because you discover they already knew that good thing. That can really deflate you because part of your excitement is in going to the person and breaking this news. And you arrive and you say, oh, I've got something amazing to tell you. And they immediately say, oh yeah, is that about so-and-so? No, I already know that. Well, we read a few verses from Luke 24. And right in the middle of that chapter, two followers of Jesus, one unnamed, the other whose name we know, he was called Cleopas, they meet with the risen Jesus. And their hearts and their minds are open to the truth about Jesus so that they recognize him. And as soon as he's gone, they begin to reflect on this. They say to one another in verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while Jesus talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us. It was amazing. So that their first instinct is to get straight back to Jerusalem and share this good news with the 11 apostles, to tell them Jesus is alive. But then their bubble has kind of burst, because as they arrive, the apostles say, yeah, we know. It's amazing, isn't it? Jesus has appeared. But I want you to notice the precise detail that the apostles share with these two men in verse 34, because this could be missed. Look at what they say. It is true. The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Now, think back to our introduction. 
those awkward meetings? And who would Jesus have been most likely to avoid once he had risen from the dead? We've thought about Peter, the disciple who denied all knowledge of the Lord Jesus, who failed him in a spectacular way. And what we need to understand is that Peter was the name that was given to this disciple by Jesus. His real name was Simon, and it is the Simon referred to here that Jesus met with, that he revealed himself to and spoke with. And that makes this a wonderful gospel verse. This is such good news to hear at Easter, that Jesus would seek out the disciple who had wanted nothing to do with him. And later on, as recorded by John in his gospel, we read about the amazing way in which the Lord Jesus forgave and restored Simon Peter to being one of his disciples and someone working for him. But we need to remember what it is that happened between those two moments, between the denial of Peter and his restoration, his forgiveness once again. And this is what happened, the cross, the place where Jesus died. This story is good news for us today because this forgiveness, this restoration could only take place because Jesus willingly died for Peter's sins, including his sin of denying his master in the way that he did. So, have you fallen? Have you failed the Lord? Have you got it badly wrong? Well, the gospel wants you to know there is a way back. There is forgiveness to be found, but please understand that forgiveness did not come easily. That forgiveness was secured at an incredible cost. As the man Jesus hung there on the cross. And so, as we finish, what should this good news mean for us and lead to in our lives today? Well, surely it should lead to repentance, to that true turning away from sin that says, I will not return to that sin again. The kind of repentance that is indicated in Peter's weeping as he stood outside realizing how much he had messed up and how far short he had fallen of God's glory and of Jesus' call upon his life. So, this is the good news that we need to hear and respond to on this Easter Sunday. Because Jesus died for our sins, there is forgiveness and restoration to be found in Him. So, repent. Come to Him. Return to Him. When you fail Jesus, do not run away from Him, but run to Him 
and find the forgiveness that He secured through His death on the cross. As we reflect on this, and as we reflect on the glory